The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, January 10th, and this is the Black Friday Show. Black Monday Show, not Black Friday. It is Monday. Sales, sales, sales. Everything's on sale. Monday, Monday, Monday. I uh, Again, I'm going to blame the ESPN, the addition of multiple ESPN Saturday games on, uh, on, <laughs> on me not knowing what day it is because... After the Saturday Saturday night ESPN game with the Monday night football crew ended, I definitely thought it was Monday for like. Is that hours. retroactive? Because you haven't known what day it has been for years now. Breach is always correcting you at the top of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, you, in fact, I usually don't even know what day it is until I pick up my phone, like after I say "What's up, everybody," and look at <laughs> look up to see what the date is, so I can read it off of that. That's whenever I look down to say it's Monday, January tenth. I'm looking down. So, moral of the story: Brinson needs to start looking at his phone before the podcast starts instead of during the podcast. It's it's, it's actually a perfect microcosm of my life. So, yes, I That's think like right. three months ago I stopped doing that on the rundown, and Brinson's hit rate is about fifty percent ever since. <laughs> it's, gotten, it's gotten better. <laughs> and also, three months ago, Brinson thought it was uh, May. I mean, you know that one year I actually forgot how old I was for nine months. I thought I was, I thought I was older than I was. I thought I was like 38, I think. And I was actually 37. So I got, a, I got a free year, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I, I also could be considered a moron, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you, when you spend your entire life in this tiny little box on YouTube, uh, you know, you tend to go a little yeah. insane. Yeah, look at Bree. Bree has been he's been waiting for this <laughs> waiting for this for weeks. All right, so we are going to this is the Black Monday Roundup show. There are uh, YouTube videos for each of the individual firings. That if if you want to you want a little uh, a little treat, just me and Debo Wilson was traveling. Breach was writing a newsletter. Debo and I Debo staked his claim to uh, to be on air talent by mark uh, the date. He's coming. <laughs> that fourth spot. It's just empty. Man. Is it that way or that way? I don't. I can't tell. You get a real. Uh, you get a. Uh, it'd be to your left, breach. You get a real, like you know, Diva's always so energetic and enthusiastic, and then like he pops on the camera like like Monday, the day of the season is. It's just like he's got bigger bags on his eyes than I do because he had you know finished the podcast at three a.m. and Diva has to stay up to edit it. So did uh, did reach out to the former Force Super friend Sean about you know if he wanted to react to Matt Nagy being fired, and he declined the request. Wow. Yeah. Big time. Well, he's going to be emotional about it for the next three weeks unless they hire Jay Cutler as head coach. So I understand why he didn't want to go yeah. on. Uh, Josh Leggett, uh, Dolphins fan, points out that I need to appreciate Debo more. I don't think you understand yeah. just how much I appreciate Debo. Although, I mean, but anyway, look, let's get to the show. <laughs> YouTube.com slash pick six. If you're listening uh, elsewhere, you could do us a favor and hit the like button in if you're in the chat. Feel free to comment away. Tell us who your favorite coaching. Uh, you can give us your list of, of the order that you think the 
you know, the, the best to worst jobs. You can give us a candidate for your favorite job, whatever you want. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get alerts when we go live. And if you, if you actually, if you hit the subscribe button, then you will get a 30 minute alert for our live shows. I know because it's the worst thing that happens to me on Sundays when I realize that 30 minutes after, you know, actually start working. If you're on Spotify, leave a five star rating. This weekend, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend is on CBS featuring two can't-miss games. Saturday night at 8.15 Eastern, the Patriots and Bills renew their rivalry in primetime. Then on Sunday at 4.30 Eastern, two legendary teams take center stage when Jimmy G and the 49ers clash with Dak and the Cowboys. Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon on CBS. And Nickelodeon. God, I want Mike McCarthy getting slimed so bad. What's the name of the award again? The MVP? MVP, Nickelodeon Valuable Player. And fun fact, today, January 10th, is the 40th anniversary of the Cowboys and 49ers and the catch with Dwight Clark. I thought you were going to say that it's the 40th anniversary of like the first time somebody got slimed. (laughs) That that would be a fun fact I would know. You know what's Um, sad? By the way, I got that that movie reference. That was uh, the Howard. Howard There you go. Yeah, Breach trying to talk over me to talk about Everson Wall's catch that inevitably led to the Bengals getting smoked in the Super Bowl. So I'm glad we got that in. Um, Yeah. Dunk. (laughs) Even Breach called. Uh, By the way, I do want to say one nice thing about Breach. We have some controversy brewing. Sean Wagner says Sean Wagner McGuff. Oh, yes. Who I saved in my phone is Sean Wagner out of uh You know what I saved him as? Spanky Wankman. <laughs> is he really in your phone? And I saved him as Wank Spankyman. <laughs> he claims he received no request from Debo. Oh, it, oh, Debo, do you have a response to that? Controversy. Should we should we see uh, Debo, see if you shoot him a, a link and tell him to come on, jump on, we'll talk about the Bears real quick. Very interesting. Debo got caught in a lie on live uh, YouTube. Uh, this I do is, want to this say is why Debo's dating app is just has to be erased. <laughs> yeah, he can't trust them. That's what the <laughs> issue is. Uh, I did want to say, and I'm sure you saw this, Brinson, but uh, the uh, outpouring of support for Jim Breach versus Jerry Rice on Twitter was absolutely spectacular. They were the leading scorers in the NFL. What year was that, Breach? 1987. And they were on a uh, football card together, like a Topps, or I don't know who made it, Don or Super made the card. And I I scrolled through a lot of the comments, and I felt like 100% were pro Jim Breach. They weren't anti Jerry Jerry Rice, but they everyone is pro Jim Breach, which is I'm sure something you you cannot um, associate yourself with because typically we're always dunking on you. But no one dunks dunks on Jim Breach. There it is, right there. Debo put it up on if you're watching on YouTube. It is from the Super Seventy Sports Twitter account, which I do not run, by the way. <laughs> uh, Despite what some people may think, and the nobody question on it, because nobody thinks that because in his uh, in his bio it says Ricky Cobb seven. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know my burner account is. People used to call me Ricky Cobb in high school. He's Ricky Cobb six. We all like. they said, "Hey, little Ricky Cobb." John breaches John breaches email address is Johnny B Bad eighteen at beep.com. It's in my Twitter profile. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Plus, but I did. Th- it is hilarious, Wilson. So yeah, this is too much nonsense off the top of the show. Yeah, let's I'm, let's I'm, get to these coaches. I just want to make. I want to say something nice after I dunked on them. All right, let's very go. kind. Um, I'm loopy. So already fired. Let's uh let's go through the list here. Urban Meyer fired ahead of time. John Gruden resigned ahead of time. Vic Fangio fired on Sunday morning, which. Again, I understand you want to get it out of the way if you play Saturday night. No more teams that might fire their coaches on Saturday night uh, in week 18, please. NFL. Why? Just because it inconveniences you? Well, because yes. someone has to do an emergency podcast Sunday yeah. morning, Wilson. You wouldn't know about that, though. Yeah. I was, oh! I was lounging in the hotel pool. I'll be honest. 
fired on Monday, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, Mike what? Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, and Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears. All of those guys, Mike Zimmer and uh, Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman also fired. With Nagy, GM Ryan Pace also fired. Brian Flores, GM not fired. We'll get into that. Chris Greer stuck around and also sticking around. Joe Judge, although Dave Gettleman, the GM, retired. Brent Saints using air quotes for those of you not watching on YouTube. Or is that what they call them? Bunny. And, and that moment of that moment of silence was not a moment of silence for Joe Judge. That was me giving a big old wink of the eye because he wasn't retired. He didn't retire. He got he was gracefully fired. His and, contract uh, his contract was up, I believe. Okay. Uh, and Matt Rule, um, David Cully, status still unknown, and Rick, Rich Basaccia, the the uh, Raiders interim coach, is in the playoffs. So <laughs> you know what are we going to do about that? Um, applaud them. Some coaching. So of these firings, I guess I haven't, we haven't talked to you guys about this, which seems weird. Um, what, uh, I mean, anything surprise? I mean, Brian Flores was surprising. Yes. <laughs> Hugely surprising. Okay. I've been talking about Brian Flores all day, so I guess I'm no longer mentally surprised. No, I was driving back home from Connecticut and, uh, I made my usual pit stop half at the halfway point and I checked mm -hmm. my phone and I said, Brian Flores was like what? What year is this? I thought maybe I've been driving into the future, and twenty years from now, the Dolphins uh, had hit a hit a, a rough patch. That team won ten games last year, and, and you know, Breach and I talked about often that you know you don't bench Ryan Fitzpatrick, you go into the playoffs. That team still won ten games. They went nine and eight this year. Um, got red hot at the end. I think they won eight of nine. Breach, is that right? They eight won seven in a row, then lost last week, and then then won yesterday. And yeah, I get it. The games that they played weren't against top flight competition. They still won them. Tua got better. The team seems to play for him. They seem quite happy to, you know, he, he was a leader of men, as we like to say. I was blown away. You know, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner, who's a Michigan alum, said this has nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. It smells fishy. Like, I don't know why you would fire Brian. Look, uh -huh, it's a dolphin ah! fan. <laughs> By the way. You didn't mean to do that, did you? No, but I always want to say when, when people say the fish just scored or whatever. Dolphins are amphibians, so let's come on. Uh, and and yeah, I told them amphibians, they're mammals. <laughs> uh, but my point is, like, I always say this about quarterbacks. We're like, okay, we, we're going to get rid of this quarterback. What's plan B? Who's going to come in and – because I would imagine I, – I do wonder if Tua is not going to be in their plans. I, I sort of wonder how See, that – Well, and, and look, you know, and you're, you're, you've been driving around all day, so I don't expect you to be caught up on everything. But On the scuttlebutt. Yeah, I mean that genuinely. I know no, that. I know. What is it? Tell me. Well, it's that, and I sorry, I cracked a beer for some reason. All my beers are like overflowing. They're like, what a humble brag! No, no, they're like when I open them, they run everywhere. I don't know what's going on. What do they run to? All right, go ahead. Please tell me that I'm going to kill myself. Let's go. Flores, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo, who we all regard as a very reliable uh, source of information, Flores was the one pushing Deshaun Watson, and uh, Charles Robinson believes that the market for Deshaun Watson will now reset as a result. And that um, that was me throwing a paper towel. Uh, and that um, and that the Dolphins may not be in on Deshaun Watson. The battle all year long was between Chris Greer wow. and Brian Flores. I'm learning. And that Greer is the one who's been pushing Tua. So if you want to dive into the two anon, that's great. Um, no, that uh, that makes things saucy. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, that Brian Flores was not fired. I mean, he was fired for cause. 
and because they didn't make the playoffs in three years. But he was mostly fired because of the deteriorating relationship with the coach who won a power struggle with the owner. Greer has been there for 20 years. Flores just, you know, pieced together the only two, the, the first back-to-back winning seasons in Dolphins history since 02 and 03. But by all means, you know, keep the guy who's been around for the last 20 years. That's probably the smart move. Four well, and two against the Patriots. I mean, very successful, but... I mean, this obviously, this this, this was as soon as it happened and they weren't firing Greer and and you saw that, hey, we're firing the head coach, not the general manager. It was clearly irreconcilable differences. I mean, that was obvious. And the quarterback seemed like the obvious position where where they had a difference of opinion and no one's willing to budge. And Flores is thinking, we're not, you know, I've watched Tua play for two years now. Uh, he is getting a little bit better, but we're not winning Super Bowl with him. We need to go make a Super Bowl winning move because we have so much talent around him. And Greer's like, yo, man, I drafted Tua and we're winning with Tua. And, you know, if no one's willing to budge there, then you can't work. You can't coexist. Yeah. Well, that's and- my, that's my thing. Like, as, as good as I like Brian Flores and he seems like, like I just said all the laudatory things about him. But if he's dead set on Tua, and Chris Greer drafted Tua. If he's dead set on, if he's dead set on Deshaun. Deshaun and Chris yeah. Greer drafted Tua ahead of Justin Herbert. I don't. I think you want to give Tua an opportunity. I think Tua has played better. That explains what happened last year, Breach, where they were. Uh, sure does the pull the push pull with Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Tua Tagovailoa being out there. And I, I mean, in retrospect, I would assume that Flores wasn't happy about having to put Ryan Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick on the bench, even though he had to face the media and explain all that. I, I sort of get it. Like I, I understand why you have to move on from Flores if he's a tool guy and you're not right or wrong. I I think Flores is probably gonna not be able to work very long, but that's a I don't want to say a weird hill to die on because Deshaun Watson's better than Tua, and, and I get it. But if the organization everyone but you is on a different page, I don't know if it makes sense to keep fighting that battle. Well, it might not even be just Watson. You know, obviously if Flores is leading the Watson train, that's one thing. But if Steven Ross says, hey, we're not getting Sean Watson. Flores might be saying, well, can we just get a new quarterback? I don't care who it is. Can be Russell Wilson, trade for Aaron Rodgers. Get me somebody in here who's not Tua. And that, you know, we don't know. That still makes Chris Greer look terrible. But Flores might have been at the point where, you know, I know we cannot be a Super Bowl contender with Tua and we need to fix the quarterback position. And Greer says, yeah, we're not doing that. We have a quarterback that we used uh, top 10 draft pick on. So, yeah, bye. Well, and, and and remember too that <laughs> Stephen Ross was all Stephen Ross was obsessed with Tua and the tank for Tua, and we got to figure out a way to get Tua. And Chris Greer navigated it in a way that drew him a great, a large amount of praise from the media. Uh, you know, they secured a bunch of extra picks as well in the you know in various trades. And I mean, when you have a you know the guy in the front office is probably going to win the power struggle ninety percent of the time. Because the coach isn't dealing with Stephen Ross all the time. The, 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 the GM is answering to Stephen Ross. And it obviously depends on the structure of the different organization. But more often than not, you saw it in San Francisco. I mean, Jim Harbaugh winning a bunch of games. Uh, additionally, in, in the same band as Jim Harbaugh, um, the, everything that's been leaked out, and, and you, can, you can smell where it's coming from. But, you know, it's like uh, Brian it's Flores. Fishy. Yeah, it's a little fishy. It's a little, it's like Brian Flores allowed person, you know, person like relationships within the building to deteriorate. He's abrasive, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know what? He's winning football games and you yeah, guys don't win football games and you've been terrible for, you know, they've had seven winning seasons in the last 20 years. And two of them have come under Flores in the last two years. I, you know, it's something I was thinking about and I don't know if there's a correlation or not, if it's just circumstantial, but it is interesting. Um, 
So Brian Flores just got canned. Ten wins last year, nine wins this year. Uh, Steve Wilkes was terrible in his first year, but he got run off after one year. My guy Jim Caldwell, nine and seven in back-to-back years. They wanted Matt Patricia when the the new GM came in. Um, David Culley's going to get fired after one year. Uh, it, it sounds like, and he these, he's guys, got, these guys all um, they all their names start with uh, consonants. Is that what the? That's one thing, but there's something <laughs> else that's sort of odd about it that you get one and done or two and done if you win ten games your first year to get an extra opportunity. It's just weird, and it could be very much coincidental. But it was something I was thinking about going because I was driving home thinking, God, Brian Flores got fired. What in the world did he do that we don't know about? And it does make some sense the the dynamic with Chris Greer and the anti-Tua, pro-Tua conversations. Yeah, look, um, it does feel like, uh, and, and I know that there's like a big argument. I don't, I don't want to get into this, but it's like, you know, people were saying, it's like, how could you fire? You know, they, they, Chris Greer is also black. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, not, not, that that, not that that helps matters. I'm just saying that you know, it wasn't like he, like, it doesn't feel like he targeted the black head coach, right? It, it was, no, no. It felt like more of a, just a uh, power struggle that, yeah, head coach. Well, and he, he, he would also be someone who understands the optics of firing a successful coach. And so that clearly tells you how bad and strained the relationship probably was for it to get to this point. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Absolutely. So that's sort of where we're, we're at uh, in terms of the Dolphins. And Dolphins. look, you know, because Chris Greer is still there and because Tua is there, it's basically Giants South, right? You have uh, what do you mean? Well, you have you know whoever is going to be the head coach better like Tua. That eliminates a pool of candidates, does it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, let me see how much salary cap space I have. I, I don't think this is a terrible job. And well, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's. Uh, no, but I mean in terms of the. Let's see. Let's see what they have. They're oh my god! They're going to have seventy-two million dollars in cap space. Yeah, a lot of cap space out there. Ooh. Okay, I mean that—that's incredibly the, attractive. The Dolphins have not requested any interviews with anyone yet. My source tells me that Stephen Ross will coach the team next year. Stephen Ross said that he will not be the guy who pulls Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. Kind of interesting. It, it was sort of thought that maybe he had Jim Harbaugh in his back pocket. I will and, say this now, knowing everything that you just told me when I, I sort of flying blind when I came in here. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh makes sense now. But I mean, he, I mean, Stephen Ross did a press conference and said, I will not be the. I understand person. that. What if he my, just wants to leave? What if Harbaugh is the one that, like, it's it's his decision and it's not Ross pulling him away, but Harbaugh just deciding to leave? Like, I think that's where maybe the Ross comments get lost in translation. There could be a little loophole there. Ooh, nice. And sure. when, when Harbaugh went to San Francisco, he revitalized Alex Smith's career. He made Colin Kaepernick a really good quarterback. They got to the Super Bowl. So maybe that's the thinking with Tua. Like, oh, he can fix those guys. Then Tua can take the next step and, and become uh, – and Tua's gotten better. Like, you know, I wasn't crazy about Tua last year. He has gotten better through all the tumult, which is a word I keep hearing very often in recent days, which is weird. But he's played better through what appears to be a pretty crazy time, given that his coach wasn't crazy about him. Yep, for sure. Um, interviews of note. So the Broncos, of course, as we mentioned, fired Vic Fangio. Um, uh, George Payton is it Patton or Payton? Payton, it's Payton. Yeah, Payton, Payton. George Payton, uh, still the GM there. They are, and you know, they are going to go undergo an ownership change in the next eighteen to twenty-four months. I would guess the Dolphins, the Broncos. Oh, sorry, I, yeah, I we just... switched teams, Ryan. Okay. While you were sipping your drink, Brinson did a one eighty and flipped it on you. 
Yeah. All right. My bad. All right. Yep. I agree with that part. That's why you don't so, take drink sips when Brenton's. I mean, that, that has to factor into the attractiveness of the job and, and what candidates will be willing to take the job. They have requested permission to talk to Gerard Mayo. The, I believe he's a linebackers coach with uh, the past. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to our listener last night who asked if he might be a candidate and I didn't think he would because he's a positional coach with the Patriots and, and you know, the Belichick coaching tree hasn't been huge, but who knows? Maybe the Broncos can go off the deep end and hire him. It's people been are, huge, but people been very... are floating him as the next Mike Vrabel, as in the the sort of the guy who played for guy who played for Belichick and has you know worked under Belichick, but not necessarily like for whatever reason the the guys who he played doesn't count for, as a coaching tree. He's like the flowers that bloomed off to the side. Yeah, even though he is a coach. Yeah, I mean it's it's I think it's just a little different when you played for Belichick for whatever right. reason. So I don't know, just throw it out there. Uh, well, Dan, uh, Vrabel didn't coach for Belichick. Just so no, he did not coach for Urban Meyer though. Yikes. And uh, according to reports, had an altercation with him at Ohio State, which is uh, funny to hear about it. Uh, Broncos also request permission to talk to uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator and Cowboys offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, and Chiefs offensive coordinator and former Colorado legend, Eric Bieniemy. The Jaguars, or actually really quickly on the Broncos, did any of those guys stand out? People are kind of poo-pooing Dan Quinn getting another job. Dude took a team to the Super Bowl. Why are you surprised by that, folks? Yeah, I'll, I'll come back. This looks awesome. I'll come back to what, I, what I've uh, said all the time. Maybe he's a better coordinator than coach. And you mentioned he took a team to the Super Bowl. I get that. But he's absolutely dominated as a DC this year. And he took a, a Cowboys defense that was atrocious last year. And they got Micah Parsons. I get it. But he's not the sole reason that team got better. So, yeah, I, I don't mind interviewing him, but you know, sometimes this time of year, we also talk about, and no disrespect to Dan Quinn, but, you know, retreads in terms of like re, recirculating all the guys that previously had head coaching jobs. And how often does it happen that you, a guy gets a second chance and he, he does much better than he did the first time around? Um, Belichick. Fox went to the Super Bowl. With Belichick did a great job the first time around, dumb dumb. In Cleveland? He did okay. Took the Browns to the playoffs, pal. Yeah, that's not great. The Browns. He didn't, a, he didn't win a Super Bowl. This is in the this. 80s and the 90s. He was really good. Baltimore before he could. The Browns win. went to multiple AFC uh, title games in the 80s. It's not like he took over some horrible franchise. All right, give me another example since you dunked on me with that one. John Fox went to a Super Bowl with the Broncos after taking the Panthers. Through yeah, Bowl. I think you would say Peyton Manning may have something to that, but fair enough. <laughs> good job, good job selection. Yeah, uh, I know. Peyton, I, but Peyton, I, Peyton, Peyton went there when he got there. He, he won a playoff game with Tim Tebow against the Steelers. I have to say, and that. Adam Gase working for him. The again, um, a guy who's a great coordinator. Okay, Mike, I mean, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy won the division. All right, you're good. Great. Those are better examples than what Breach came up with. Well, I came up with one, and it was brilliant. <laughs> um, I, I, look, I don't. I guess I don't. Dan, I thought Dan Quinn. Yes, the the Falcons went off the deep end and were terrible down the down in the last three years of his tenure. I do think that it's possible that that Super Bowl loss just. By the way, <sighs> Josh. Josh Leggett points out Andy Reid did a pretty good job once he. Oh, Andy Reid did a great. <laughs> yeah. Will's, right, Tony Will's. Tony Dungy. I stand corrected. Oh my God, Dungy won a Super Bowl in his second spot too. Bill Parcells. Oh, now you're looking it up. You went with Bill Belichick. Oh! Up your, up your head. So, so I think what we learned here is that it's actually it's quite common. Yeah, I, well, I'm glad that. Uh, we, Glad we turned to the comments and not listen to John Breach. He went with Bill Belichick as his first choice as a, ter as a terrible example. Wilson, Wilson. Great example. How often does this work out? Well, here's 17 examples of it working. Really this guy well. won six Super Bowls in his second coaching job. Hey, I stand corrected. Unlike you two, 
B-holes. I can commit admit when I'm wrong. Fair enough. And I was wrong. You're acting the, like Baker Mayfield. It's because of the shirt, isn't it? Higher day in Campbell. The, Quinn, the one, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, credit to uh, my buddy CJ in uh, in the old FSM chat. But um, he, he pointed this out because I, I said I floated that maybe Brian Flores could be the guy to come to Houston if they decide to part ways with David Culley because he could like Deshaun Watson. It was reported today too by Charles Robinson. Deshaun agreed to waive his no trade clause to go to Miami because he was because of, because of Brian Flores. So, yeah, but isn't also because of uh, the owner and, and the other guy that's just below the owner, the Easterby. Yeah, yeah. But, but so then CJ in the chat pointed out that, the move could actually be Denver hires Brian Flores. There we go. Yes. As he trades for Deshaun Watson. I was going to say, like, if they get Aaron Rodgers in Denver and then you bring Brian Flores in, you get the quarterback, then now you're cooking with gas. Yeah. So that would be kind of interesting. I'm very curious to see if the if the Broncos decide to look at Brian Flores and potentially go that direction. But again, with an ownership change coming, that's a that's a big move to make. And we don't know what Deshaun Watson's future is. I think is. So, Brian Flores is one of the best candidates out there, assuming that. Yeah. There are no sort of lingering issues with him and needing control of the. And, and also, we won't hear immediately. Look, Brian Flores got fired today. He's probably going to spend some time with his family. Um, you know, you don't have to ask permission to interview him. He's a free agent, so you know, we may not be leaked out quite as quickly if he's interested in doing that. The Jaguars are expected. The Jaguars are going to interview Daryl Bevel, their interim head coach, uh, and also Nathaniel Hackett. They are believed to be interested in talking to Doug. P, that's Doug Peterson, for those that don't listen to the podcast regularly. Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, uh, Jim Caldwell. I was like, Dave Caldwell? Why are they calling him again? Uh, Matt Eberfluss, Bill O'Brien, and Dan Quinn as well. I would note that there's an internet rumor. That was Brady Quinn, just his last name. I'd be down with Brady Quinn. There's there's an internet rumor out there that if Byron Leftwich is hired for a head coaching position, he wants to bring as his GM – Adrian Wilson, former car, former NC State legend, high point guy. Shout out, Andrew. So Heisman. that rules him out for the Jacksonville job. I thought you were talking about my son, my 10 year old, who's named Adrian. No. No. <laughs> That's Adrian Wilson. You're like, what? Uh, no, Adrian. He's a, I think he's a scout for the. He's for actually the, in the front office now. He's he now in the front scout. office. Okay, great. Um, the Cardinals front office loves Wilson. They think he's done a great job, has GM potential, um, smart dude. And so. Yeah, you could say it rules out Jacksonville, but if Jacksonville was like dead set on going Byron Leftwich, they could have a situation where they just move on from Trent Baalke, I believe. That's not out of the Wait, question. Wait, is that Brinson gut talking or is that something we've seen reported somewhere? That's a bit of both. Okay. I, I mean, if, left, if, if, left, if the Jaguars decide Leftwich is the guy and and they're like, Byron, we, we want to bring you, we, we, I'm coming home. Um, and all that stuff, like coming back to the place where his career started. And he's I, like, that's cool, but I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not coming with Balky as a GM. I think a lot, I think a lot of teams will Balky at Balky or Balky at Balky. a lot of teams, a lot of players, a lot of coaches. Yeah. But shot reportedly is buying into Trent Balky and is going to, he, I, th- I don't know if he's come out and said it, or we've just seen reports where he, he stands firm with his decision to keep him. And I don't know why he can't. And, and it's not just Shad Khan. There, are, we've seen several owners who just can't get out of their own way. We talked about David Tepper last night, um, in terms of his impatience and and wanting to win and and the demands that he reportedly made on the next OC in Carolina. 
I, I don't know why Shad Khan would say suddenly, oh, let's switch things up, because he seems to think his way is working. If he wants Trent Baalke, I think. And Trent Baalke, as you know, like Chris Greer, he's always hanging out with the owner saying, well. Trent Baalke's a, a power player, uh, Game of Thrones mastermind type. So, yeah, I think that's going to play a, a much bigger part than maybe you think. No, no, I think it's a big factor. I'm just saying that I'm just floating out what the what the buzz on the internet was. Okay. Um, the Bears have requested to interview Leslie Frazier and the Panthers, who are trying to find a rock star for OC, are, uh, are, are interviewing Pep Hamilton. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. That's a, probably a pretty good, you know, he, he was the, was he the OC or the quarterback? He was a quarterback's coach with Herbert last year. Right. And he is, oh, he's, I didn't realize, I forgot about that. He's born in Charlotte. Oh. Went that? to high school in Charlotte. Good chance and for him to go home. He was, uh, he was the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach with the Texans last year. Remember, remember we talked about this with Pep Hamilton. We're like, man, that's, you know, that's a tough to, to, you know, you go from Herbert and now you got to go do this thing with the Texans, but Davis Mills look good this year. Yeah, he's your favorite player. I think. Well, and that's, you know, do you think he would think about staying in Houston? Cause you don't want your first NFL offensive coordinator job to be in a spot where he, he has no he, idea he, what he the was, offense he, is going to look like. The Panthers don't have a great offensive line. The quarterback he, situation is, is <laughs> dog doo-doo as Ryan would say. He was, the, he was the Colts offensive coordinator for three years. You don't want your second oh! with Andrew Luck. I should have known. He was he was Stanford's offensive coordinator. Uh, when I covered the Pac-12, with I forgot he followed Luck, but whatever. You, you don't covered wanna... him when he was the offensive coordinator. I know. Oh, I just man. said it's why it's you still you don't want to he's done such a good job in Houston that you don't want to jump into a situation that you know it's not like he's definitely going to fail but it's not an easy situation to say you're taking Sam Darnold with a bad offensive line like you could it could be a problem Sam Darnold is not going to be the quarterback well that's even worse because then you don't know who it is behind a bad offensive line it can't be worse what's worse Matt Rule was asked today about Sam Darnold being the quarterback or about the fifth year option thing and he was like oh like he couldn't believe somebody asked him the question so directly he like stumbled all over it and it was like it was a you know group effort and then like made this face that somebody zoomed in on his face it was like clearly just like David Tepper made me do this um so those are some interesting rumors let us take a break and when we come back, we will rank the vacancies from worst to first. Ooh. Next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so here's how we're going to rank these coaching vacancies. We are not out of respect for the Raiders being in the playoffs and the preposterous nature, although I did see that they were ranked, they were mentioned on the um, on NFL Network earlier, so that's for whatever it's worth. Doesn't make it right. No, uh, Judy Batista actually suggested that it would be the best uh, opening. Um, if the Raiders, if the Raiders were to come open, they're a playoff team that's won four games in a row, and they're going to win five games in a row in just a few days. Oh, ho, ho. Why would you say that, oh, Ryan? I dare you to pick them. I dare you to. I bet you don't pick them. And then when oh, yeah? he doesn't pick them, we have to play the dunk music on him. Okay, <laughs> problem solved. Yes. I'm just curious where the Raiders would sort of like. I just, I mean. Do we? I just want to have a quick discussion on the Raiders. Like, do we think that? I mean, what do we? What do we think they do? I I do believe that if Jim Harbaugh, Ugh. I'm not not because it's Jim Harbaugh. He's great. You, you think Mark Davis would just learn his lesson? You don't need to make a big splashy hire. You have uh, a guy Mark, who's winning games. Stick with him. Mark Rise. Davis. Mark Davis drives a conversion van and wears white jumpsuits. You think he's going to learn his lesson after one mistake? Well, man, uh, you would think. Man. He's been sitting on that joke for a while. Uh, here's the thing. No, yeah, of course, yeah. Here, I think Breach is, I mean, I think uh, Brenton's actually right because don't forget, like Jack Del Rio won 12 games in 2016. And <laughs> Mark Davis made him fire himself on a ball. year later. <laughs> who was announcing that J- Gruden's going to replace him? Jack Del Rio. Del Rio. He's like, we got some news, guys. We're hiring John Gruden as the head coach. <laughs> so, but I, well, no, no, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that you would think that Mark Davis would learn his lesson about flashy hires. I okay. do think Brinson was about to say, and I was going to agree with it. I think if Jim Harbaugh is willing to take the Raiders job, they will hire him in a second. But if if they don't, or if he's not interested, then I think maybe they stick with Bisaccia. I think you've got to give you him. You have to. Yeah, I, I think you yeah. have to give him the job. So I think it's going to be uh, Harbaugh. And if Harbaugh doesn't want it, then you stick with uh, your interim coach. And but here, I don't hey, think look, I mean Wilson's joking, I th- I think maybe, but if if the Raiders take down the Bengals, I don't even know that you can replace him with Harbaugh. No, if you can replace him with anyone. If he goes and wins you a playoff game, you need to name him the full-time head coach after he just the won, game. He effectively won a playoff game in week 18. That was a huge win. And we sort of talked about it uh when I was doing HQ, and we may have talked about it on the podcast. But if you sort of play for a tie in that game that's less sort of ammunition in your favor to be Absolutely. like, this is why I deserve the job. By the way, so 2016 is when Jack Daria went 12 and four. When was the last time prior to that, that the Raiders won at least 10 games? 2002 when they won the Super Bowl would be my guess. Uh, Brinson? When they, when they, I could be wrong. When they won the Super Bowl? 2002. Or they lost, lost it. They lost <laughs> I'm it. trying to revise history for Raiders fans. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. 2002. 
that's right, the Buccaneers. They lost to Gruden, ironically enough. Yeah, that's right. 2002 is the last time. Prior to that, they never won more than eight games. They've been terrible for, yeah, I mean. And then you just awful. send Jack DeRio out there to to chop his own head off. I mean, just don't over, overcomplicate it. I also, I also am intrigued at least to see one offseason where Mike Mayock is actually in charge of making the draft picks. Well, we just saw a report that they might be looking for a new front office person as well. To replace Mayock? Yeah, I'll double check, but I, I saw that over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think anything's up in the air with the Raiders, but that's also before they went out and beat the Chargers and got in the play. Right. I think if they bring in someone new, they might replace Mayock, but I think if they stick with Sacha... I, yeah, I, like Harbaugh's not coming in to work with Mayock. Har- if Harbaugh came Why? in, he would... Harbaugh's going to want his own GM after the whole Trent Balky stuff. Okay. Um, okay, so anyway, that's sort of where the Raiders are at. I think it's a wait and see. Yeah, if you get blown out by the Bengals... And you look woefully overmatched in Derek Carr's first playoff game. If you let the Bengals end their 31-year playoff drought and you lose by 31 points to them, that's trouble. Yeah. JLC reported that Raiders expected to move on. Thank you, Debo. Okay. I just think everything changes when you get in the playoffs. I don't think the Raiders thought they were going to the playoffs. But also, maybe Basaccio doesn't want the job. Maybe he's like, hey, Mark, I'm going to finish this out. Everybody wants a head coaching job. Well, I yeah. mean, not, not everyone. Basaccio kind of looks like he should be the Raiders coach, too. <laughs> like, he just has, like, a look about him. The total, uh, right. total Raiders guy. Anyway, that's sort of where we're at with the Raiders. We don't want to rudely, you know, I guess we did just discuss what they'll do, but you, you get the point. No, I didn't. I'm all, I'm pro-Rich. Yeah, I kind of like Rich. Um, so I'm the five, five teams that we're going to rank, Jacksonville, Denver, Miami, Minnesota, and Chicago. Chicago. Let me uh, start the conversation this way, if I may. Yep. Which of these organizations has the best ownership? Well, I don't know if you guys got to watch the Bears press conference today. I saw Joe Musso tweeting, and he oh, I thought he was going to jump off of the roof. Effing S. The McCaskey family, I didn't, I don't think I'd really done a deep enough dive on these clowns until like looking at it. So, George McCaskey, who said, I'm a fan, not a football uh, person. So here, here's the here's the backstory, because I was talking to Joe Musso, who's our colleague and, and a huge Bears fan, grew up in the Midwest. So uh, Virginia McCaskey's in her late 90s. She's the oh. daughter of George Hallis. Yes. So she married the McCaskey family. Uh, George, I believe, is her son, who yes. is in his 70s. Like he, He's the guy running the thing. He looks like a a, a professor of, like, Philosophy? No, like a professor, like a intro to calculus professor. I mean, I should, I should grab some of these things, but um, like he is so unbelievable. Like, oh yeah, it, look at him. Oh, his gosh. press conference was an absolute disaster. No, he he's a guy that runs a he runs like a natural history museum. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, runs a natural history museum. He that's a great call, Wilson. He um, he said. He, and he was asked, they were like, so George, look, you've been doing this for 11 years. At one point, uh, you know, at what point are, are you know, are we going to look at your, the, you know, is, are the Bears going to look at your record? Look at this <laughs> goober. And, and he, to the right, you'll see the woolly mammoths. <laughs> it's the tour guide, not even a person, not even a mm-hmm. but, but the whole thing about uh, having a clueless owner or someone who admits they're a fan that doesn't actually know anything about football is that 
you want if you're going to have an owner like that owners are like that like these some of these guys just run no, no, businesses no. they don't know anything about well hold on okay is yeah that, yeah that's right is that they don't know anything about running a football team it's not the same thing as running a business and so you've got to be smart enough to you, you don't know what you don't know and so you've got to bring in smart football people and that's what these teams have struggled to do you know like you can't have the same people if it's not working you can't have the same people in there for 10 years like the dolphins or you know, you got to clean house eventually and say, all right, we need to get start over because what we're doing is not but working. And they just keep sticking with the same the people. Problem. The McCaskies are the problem. He was asked about the Bears' poor record. I'm just reading my tweets here. Asked about his record under the leadership of the last 10 years. And he said, quote, ownership has informed me it wishes me to continue in this role, end quote, as chairman of the Bears. Ownership is mommy. Right. Your mom is ownership. Your mom says she doesn't want to fire your her son from her job because she believes that he can win the he can like win something for the Bears. They are bring, they brought in Bill Polian early like a few weeks ago in the middle of the season to act to decide to um he's McCaskey said that Polian was involved in the decision to retain or replace Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I don't disagree with the firing of those two guys, but per se, but Bill Polian hasn't done anything in the NFL since like 2001, I mean, 2011, excuse me. He was fired by the Colts when Peyton Manning was cut and he hasn't been in the NFL. He most recently suggested that uh, Lamar Jackson, former MVP should move to wide receiver before the draft. Whoops. He once claimed he had a first round grade on Tom Brady. Liar. Liar. <laughs> So Paul, I, I had a first overall pick grade on Tom Brady. <laughs> I beat Great you, Paul. I mean, the original junior draft analyst, John Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and so they're basically handing this thing over to Bill Polian and letting him run the search and figure out who's going to be the coach and the GM. And McCaskey was, you know, they were, McCaskey was asked, like, do you not want to have a football, a VP of football operations, somebody else? Uh, and he's like, no, our, we believe that the, uh, structure with the GM and the coach is the way to go, and that's how we'll handle it. And the GM, for the first time in the history of uh, George McCaskey's 11 years running this thing, is going to report directly to George McCaskey, who, again, stated that I am, quote, a fan, not a football person. Th this is going to be a train wreck again. So and at least we know what would happen if a fan is running a football team. Yeah, that no, question's no, now been answered. That no hypothetical. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no longer hypothetical. And Ted Phillips, the, who's, I guess, is underneath McCaskey, he said, the hiring of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I don't regret that. You just fired them. How can you not regret it? The act, the action of firing somebody that you hired is is the the regretment or the regretting of your hire. Like, what are you doing? He's so angry he's making up words. <laughs> I know. And then uh, McCaskey there, he's, he quoted his mother and said, he said, she said, I'm very, very disappointed and she said it, quote, as only a mother could. I mean, it was this, it was a, it was a, a, a marvel of, of modern football. They don't have a first round pick as a uh, Northern Grove 4466 points out in the chat. They do have Justin Fields. So that's good. Um, it is if good. You in, the if you bring in the right coach. Well, they also uh, cut an offensive lineman and got rid of another one. And Charles Lindell just signed a huge deal with uh, Washington, I believe, one of the offensive line they got there, rid of. There are some pieces on this team, like, uh, Khalil Max getting to the end of his contract. Uh, well, that's my original question. Which of these groups that we talked about is the, has the best ownership? Because that's where you start the conversation okay. if you're trying to be a coach. Well, I mean, maybe maybe the move is to kind of run through each organization to do pros and cons of them, and then we throw out our rankings at the end. Does that make sense? Yep. 
rather than like because we're not all gonna have the but i mean i agree like, all right well jacksonville fans are dressing like clowns because they are so against their ownership the broncos don't have an ownership because they're gonna be for sale soon or already for sale and might not they're gonna have new owners in the next 12 to 18 months right so, so in, in denver you could have either like the, the nfl has said that they vetted a bunch of guys i mean you can get david tepper 2.0 that's a problem yeah jimmy Haslam, i think is the previous newest owner prior to david fired tepper. up to the max fired up to the max that's right miami's um, owner miami's just, owner clearly a problem well, he sided with the GM, it appears, over the, the head coach who won 10 games and nine games in back-to-back years. I mean, the Dolphins have been terrible since he bought the team. That's also true. The Vikings, I mean, the Wolves seem like decent folks. Uh, what are the downsides to the Wolves? Well, um, I don't know. Uh, Ziggy Wolf looks a little weird. Like, that's about it. Uh, but Well, they, he runs the coffee shop next door to the uh, American History Museum. <laughs> that's a great call, too. Wow, Wilson, you're on fire today. <laughs> um, the, the Wolves hired... Rick Spielman in 2006. And he was he was there from 2006 through 2021. That's I think Spielman did a pretty good job with the Vikings all things considered. And there again there were reports, maybe Chelsea it may not be because I have a terrible memory, that he was in line to maybe perhaps get a promotion and then I guess the last few weeks things changed clearly and and they Where was he getting promoted to? Like I think it was going to be in between the GM and the owner on the way uh, down. Oh, he was going to be like the VP of football ops or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so Mike Zimmer, I mean, and Mike Zimmer was given a a pretty long run. I mean, he he had good seasons, he had some down seasons, but the the Wilfs are the quietest of the ownership groups in terms of the staying out of the. I mean, the McCaskies are quiet too, but they clearly have their grubby little American History Museum hands all up in their the business. Um, mm. So the um, yeah, so I would rank Wilfs one. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would take the mystery box that is oh, the Broncos number 100%. two. percent. No, that's mystery right. box. <laughs> and they're they're not far behind one, by the way. No, no, they're not. Yeah. Um, I think the I think Chicago is last for me. The 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 other three are pretty grouped together, and then uh, Chicago. So, so I here's my here's my ownership list. One. Minnesota, two Denver, three Jacksonville, four Miami, five Chicago. Yeah, no, I think that's right because after the first two, then you have to go to quarterback and salary cap. Jacksonville's up there. Trevor Lawrence gets a slight edge over Tua, maybe more than a slight edge. And both Miami and Jacksonville have a ton of cap space. And then Chicago, as you mentioned, based on the press conference that we saw on Monday, gives you even more concerns than you had originally. And they have a lot of holes to fill in a division where if Aaron Rodgers stays there and if the Vikings can turn things around, they're again looking, battling for third place. And our guy Dan Campbell seems to be on the right track in Detroit. All right. Well, well let's uh, well, let's dive in then. All right. So anything, all right, So with Chicago, let's just wrap up the pros and cons. We did the ownership thing. Let's just the pros and cons of Chicago. Uh, with Chicago, you have Justin Fields. That's a big pro. If you like Justin Fields as a coach or a GM, that is a big, big, big plus. Okay. I want to hear what the next big plus is. I, well, they have some pieces in place. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet are decent offensive pieces. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> you went straight from <laughs> How many French players are they away from winning? Uh, 20. 20 yeah, players away. Exactly. You <laughs> um, can't even count on two hands. You need four no, no, no. hands. There's three. There's four. I mean, Tevin Jenkins That's, was a, a high pick, who, and like, I'm not, didn't play till halfway through the season. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to decide effectively <laughs> that Tevin Jenkins can't be. 
I'm not either, but he didn't show a lot this first season. That's fine. It happens. But Breach said, how many players are they away? It feels like a lot. There are a lot of players away. Um, but Jalen Johnson is a great cornerback. Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson is a good player. Mm-mm. No, Joe Musso would disagree. He's had a tough year. Basically, oh, he's had a bad year, but he's, he's, I mean, yeah, okay, that's fine. Had a bad year. Bears defense has been worse. Um, Roquan Smith, good player. Yeah. Akeem Hicks, Cleo Mack, good players. Yeah. Getting older. Robert Quinn, great season, great player, but he's definitely older. So, yeah, I mean, this defense is on the, is on the decline. Um, but yeah, there are, there are, this is not a completely barren roster. It's not a great roster. It's bottom, bottom third of the league for sure. Okay. Let, not knowing anything other than what we know today. Who's going to win more games next year? The Lions or the Bears? Or I the mean, Tigers? Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh, my God. Um, I would probably go with the Lions. Well, that's that's my point. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm good with the Bears. Okay. Okay. But how many more games do you think they win? Maybe like two. Okay. Fair okay. enough. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. I don't think the Bears are going to get like 12 and five and the Lions are going to go five and 12. Right. You can squint at the Bears roster and be like, oh. Yeah, I mean, if so you're Josh Gales and you think you can fix a quarterback or help a quarterback progress, then yeah, I mean, absolutely. If, if Justin Fields takes a leap in year two, then it changes, you know. Are we seven. ranking these coaching jobs based on what we would want? All the, uh, Yeah, I mean, sure, all the factors. So uh, those are the pros. Any other pros and cons that we need to throw out for Chicago? Uh, actually, a con that you, you referenced, Aaron Rodgers is a con. Yeah, I don't you, think that's a con because I don't think he's going to be around much longer. So if you're going to be a coach that signs a five-year contract, Aaron Rodgers is around – Maybe one or two years of that. I don't think he's around longer than two years. Over, under, three and a half. Under. I'm going under. I don't know. A lot of these guys only get a two-year window. Like you yeah, gotta, I think mean, yeah. you probably thought Aaron Rodgers won't be around. Right. But, yeah. but you're also dealing with a Vikings team that's going to have a new coach, a Lions team that, as well as Dan Campbell. You know, we keep talking him up, but still they only won three games this year. Sure. And, and then the Packers – we don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Maybe at the end of the season, he does want out. You know, there's just, there's still that element of mystery there. And <laughs> it, let's just say he left. Then you feel like you could win the division next year. Somebody's got to win it. That's a big <laughs> if, though. I mean, it's huge if. The Packers, the Packers are like minus 700 to win the division if Rodgers is back. As they, as they should be. Yes. Uh, okay. So that's, that's the pros and cons. Chicago, awesome city. That's a pro. Love Chicago. Cold as hell, though. Yeah, I, don't yes. know. I mean, it's great if you want to drown your sorrows in losing. <laughs> Jeez. Dang, um, Wilson. Dunk the, the, the other thing, too, is like um, Chicago is in the same boat, I think, as Miami and Denver. And I would put Jacksonville and Minnesota in separate categories where. Wait these, a second. Chicago. Why is Chicago, Denver, Miami in the same boat? The scrutiny, the media scrutiny in Chicago is in oh. with fan base scrutiny is extremely intense. Well, that was the other thing. I think that the, the biggest benefit of Jacksonville is there's no pressure. Like, yeah. unless you're Urban Meyer and, I was and, say, and Urban doing Meyer lap dances in Ohio bar, if, as long as you don't do that stuff, there's no pressure on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. but right, well, hold on. let's, all right, well, let's, let's, all right, let's move to Jacksonville then. Yeah. I mean, I think Jacksonville, the, the GMs, the GM, um, if Trent Balky is a major negative for me, a major con for me. So tell Maybe me again, con artist, who knows? I'm not up on the Trent Balky history. Why is he so divisive? He and I mean, he and Harbaugh had the whole thing. The, the, like he, but Harbaugh, and to be Harbaugh's fair, Harbaugh's an insane person. Yeah, doesn't get along with a lot of people. Right, but I'm just saying that he and Balky. Okay, well, to, to point to that, Trent Balky has been the last four head coaches he's been a GM of have all been fired. Oh, while well, he's still employed. Yeah. Yes, he okay. he cozies up to ownership and gets guys fired. Like that would be Harbaugh. Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, and Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah Har- Trent Baalke is, has been described, I think, by many people as like a snake in the grass. Okay. All right. So, I don't know. Okay, so that's, that's, a big, that's a big negative uh, for me when looking at the Jaguars job. The lack of pressure is, is a good one. Uh, the biggest pro is freaking Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, you could be down on Trevor Lawrence or like more down on Trevor Lawrence than you were when he was drafted, but he looked, he looked, uh, he looked pretty awesome against the Colts on Sunday. I'm still very high on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, no one should not be. Yeah, not high. Wait a second, I want to back up on the pressure thing. And I know Breach mentioned that Urban Meyer somehow defied logic and and felt the pressure by doing stupid thing after stupid thing. But the fans are now paying attention, and the fan base, and as you know, Brinson, what's the area code? Um, And Bucky also fired Doug Marone. So that's five. Oh god! No, they got rid of Dave Caldwell and then hired Trip. Yeah, no, no, no. They got they, Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone got fired, and suddenly Trip stuck around. Yeah. Oh, he, he was already on. He's the guy he was that stuck already around on, there. Yeah. But my point is to to follow up on what Breach was saying about the lack of um, uh, pressure to to play in Jacksonville. Well, fans are now not happy. They're showing up in clown suits because they they've had enough of Shad Khan, and I think that. The media market may not be as intense as the other places we're talking about, but I would imagine Shad Khan understands what's going on, and certainly Trent Baalke, I would imagine, does too. So, well, I, But the, I think my point there is that if you look at these five open jobs and you go 4-13 and 13 in your first year next year, which job are you on the hot seat going into year two? Not Congratulations, you're just another Jaguars team. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But if you're Chicago right. or Minnesota or Denver, they're, they're like, all right, you got to do better in year two or you're fired. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, it's Jacksonville five in terms of media pressure, Minnesota four, and then the other three are way up there. By the way, Balky was uh, San Francisco from 2011 to 2016 as the GM, mm-hmm. and then he was out of the NFL until 2020 when he came back to Jacksonville. And that and was when Caldwell lost his job, and yeah. then Balky got uh, promoted interim GM, got Caldwell rid of Doug Marone. Fired. He could not get fired for anything, and then Trent Balky shows up, and everybody got fired. From 2017 to 2019, he worked for the league as a football operations consultant. I don't know what that is, but he wasn't a part of an NFL franchise at that point. And, and everyone at the NFL got fired. Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. However, I got fired. Oh, my God. I don't know about that, but yes. I'm just kidding. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Jacksonville, the, the pros, of course, Trevor Lawrence. I would say that there are, I mean, like Jacksonville's roster is in worse shape than Chicago's. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. They have a lot of young players. They have a ton of cap space. The weather's better. The tax benefits in Jacksonville. I think the big issue is the ownership, and then how we feel about the general manager. And those are pretty non-small issues. Yeah, you got Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. You're probably going to take an offensive lineman or a defensive player. You'll get Travis Etienne back, who didn't play it all this year. Yep, that's true. Um, Lavisca Chenault, if used properly, good player. Marvin Jones, perfectly fine player. Um, Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Stud, you got some. Yeah, you got some players in here. It's there's more work to do. Still, I see Jacksonville is still in like year twenty of a of a rebuild. Yeah, but again, I think that points to ownership, and not just it's not exclusive to Jacksonville. We see that time and time again. The Panthers, for example, who um, you know we may be talking about at some point. I, I don't think we'll be talking about them, but maybe. No, no. Um, I mean, give us twelve months. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you. Meant I thought you were going to say twelve hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Denver out of a job. So Denver, out of all of these teams, probably has the best overall roster with the biggest gaping hole. And as we talked about ad nauseum in the offseason, it's the quarterback. If you told as, me that, as Nick Fangio noted, hours before he was fired. Yeah. Backing the bus repeatedly over Drew Locke's face. 
Edward Payton's face saying, Hey, give me, give, give me a quarterback. Maybe I'll win. Yeah. Firing um, warning shots to the next head coach. You don't have a quarterback. You're not winning in this division. No doubt about it. Um, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, they traded Von Miller. The defense is is still good. Not as I would not be surprised if, depending on who they hire next, if we saw this defense take a, a kind of a step back from what it's been the last few years. Just because Fangio, we saw with Chicago. Look, that got Matt Nagy fired. Fangio left, and that defense went from top five in the league to um, I don't know if that was among the top ten reasons. Uh, I'm just saying that like <laughs> his offense sucked, and right. so, when, which your defense is bad. Right. Um, but then on offense, you know, you have. Uh, Garrett Bowles had a, I think, had a, took a step back this year, but you know, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy. Who am I missing? There's no, oh, um, there's other wide receiver I'm missing that they have that's good. Tim Patrick plays, uh, it's Noah Fant, Deshaun it's Hamilton. It. Yeah, Deshaun, that's right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Albert Okui Boonham. Yeah, they, they have, they have players on this roster, and you feel like you could go win with this roster if you had a quarterback. So the quarterback is definitely a negative. Um, as Breach loves to point out, is the division a, a positive or a negative, Breach? The division is a negative, Brenton. You can you got to compete against Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. Yeah. And it, it, who knows? I mean, the Raiders are a playoff team this year. So you've got to catch all three of those teams. Hey, Breach, remember three seasons ago when um, Brenton predicted that the Broncos and Joe Flacco were going to win the division? Uh, I do remember that. <laughs> Dixie do dunkaroo. <laughs> oh, it's broken. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, as I look at their at their recent history, they've not been great. In fact, you have to go back to 2016, the last time they had a winning record. And um, the, although I say that this franchise feels like the most stable of the bunch we're talking about. Yeah, maybe Miami, but I, I think. Well, they're about to change ownership, though. And but I mean, as we point out, we'd almost rather have the unknown of. Mystery Do we have any are, idea who's in the running for these? This, the uh, NFL has curated a list of potential candidates, but we do not know. Okay. I don't believe. What um, if it's Magic Johnson? Is that a plus or a negative? How is he as an owner? <laughs> um, and you're and Wilson, talk about the Broncos being the most stable. I mean, part of that is like you have four franchises. You know, like the Vikings never won a Super Bowl. Jacksonville's never won a Super Bowl. Chicago won theirs in 1985. The Dolphins' last one came in the 70s, and these teams just always, you know, those franchises that you just don't feel like they they haven't done enough to compete, but the Broncos always feel like they're doing enough. They're, they're at least trying. If they went on and got Peyton Manning, and I think if they could make a move to get a star quarterback uh, before the 2022 season, I think they'll do it. So I think that, I mean, we're about to rank these teams, so... Hint, hint on who I have. Well, we were talking one. in the summer. If they had gotten Aaron Rodgers, then who was going to be the best team in that division? Um, worth noting, by the way. Um, so Joe Ellis took over in 2014, basically running the franchise after Pat Boland was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the timing is kind of, yeah, you know, timing's kind of interesting in terms of. Joe Ellis has been running the Joe Ellis and John Elway have been running the franchise, and now they've been bad for a while. They brought well, no. it. The thing we say about John Elway all the time is that he cannot identify quarterbacks. Yeah. And then he said, forget it. I'm just going to go sign Peyton Manning. I think it was $25 million a year, which now sounds like a bargain. Because uh, he couldn't draft. He, he loved Paxton Lynch. Um, you go through the list of quarterbacks that they had. Uh, Tebow, Kyle Orton. I don't know if Jay. I think Jay Keller was before probably John Elway. I'm not sure. But um, And then Trevor Simeon played in 2016 after after Peyton Manning retired. Case Keenum came in. Um and didn't live up to the hype after that great year in Minnesota the year before. Your guy, Joe Flacco, the next year, they drafted Drew Locke. And I think at that point, 
Elway washed his hands of the day to day and and went up to to the the corner office and, and took a more hands off approach. But again, all that said, they do a good job of identifying players. They just struggle to find a quarterback that they haven't been able to sign, uh, named Peyton Manning. Um, now we should. What was that Halloween noise, Devo? Is that you? With the, the... Devo fell out of his chair again. Um, we should point out that Jay, our 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 colleague and good friend Jason Lockenfora wrote back into the middle, of, like actually just a couple of weeks ago. This is spicy. Peyton Manning in ownership mix. His Broncos sale could be completed by the spring. Now that, based on the Manning cast, which you've watched much much more closely than me, makes me feel like this could be a number one franchise. If Peyton on- Manning gets involved in ownership of the Broncos, I want in. Like that, that would vault them to number one on my list. If they weren't already there, we'll reveal. I don't have any example of Peyton Manning doing something where I, where I think to myself, what a moron. Like everything, he's, he seems to be well thought out. Peyton he's, doesn't get into something that is going to, is has a high likelihood of failure. If he gets into the, if he gets in on the Broncos, he will, he will, he will, I think he will uh, succeed. Sources said former Broncos star quarterback Peyton Manning is very interested in potential ownership piece in the franchise and a possible role in serving in a management position as well, has already had discussions with several of the groups expected to be favorites to land the team and his strong ties to Denver, where his family's lives since his playing days, and universal respect throughout the football world would be a boon to any potential ownership group aligned with him. So, that was actually my house with the creaky door, I think. There we go. I knew it. It's always you. Yeah, always me. Um... So yeah, uh, the Manning Manning would make that would be a boon. We'll see we'll see how that goes. Uh, Denver, tough division, good roster, awesome place to live and play. Um, yeah, certain legalities in in Denver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. gambling legal. That's what I mean, of course. Uh, we know Breach is picking the Miami opening if he's a coach, just so he can go down to South Beach and get those dirty drinks. That's, like, this is I'm looking at this list, and and I'm glad that Brenton has been uh, talking nonstop because I can't figure out where to rank anyone. This is like I don't know, I, Debo. Do you remember the story? I think it was Super Bowl where Breach said an extra day, went down to South uh, South Beach, and wanted to ask Spanky if he wanted to share a hotel room together. I thought he stayed for like three extra weeks after Super Bowl fifty. <laughs> what was that? Fifty four. <laughs> no, that was no. When I, Sean thing was when we were in Fort Lauderdale for uh, oh. writers meeting, and I had a buddy that lives in Miami, and I was going down to visit him for two days. And Sean wisely said, "Absolutely not, under no circumstances." Uh, go anywhere quite the, the time, quite the time. Hey, you sent us a text at like three a.m. You're wandering across a bridge by yourself. <laughs> Could have been you drowning in the river, Sean. Yeah, it was just so you guys had proof of where I was at that time in case mm. I came up missing. That's called an alibi. That's right. <laughs> uh, so Miami and Minnesota. Miami, you it's either a pro or con with Tua. Um, ownership in the front office, major con. Uh, city, major pros, Breach points out. Uh, what, else are the pro, what else are your pros and cons of your city, Breach? Uh, you just hit it. It's, it's literally 75 degrees year round. So you definitely want to live there. The downside, I think you can kind of lump these jobs into two sides where there's already a GM, GM in place and there's not a GM in place. So obviously, uh, Greer already being there is not ideal because you're gonna have to get on board with whatever he wants. You know, if they want to keep Tua, you're gonna have to make Tua work. And so that's not ideal. You're gonna have to go in there loving Tua. And if you do, then it's the perfect job for you. And I think that's what it comes down. They have to find someone who can turn Tua into the next Justin Herbert or anyone else from uh, that's that's been successful recently. So if you guys are named head coach, 
are you rolling with Tua or do you are you not sold on Tua? I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled taking a job knowing I have if if I'm in that interview and Greer's like, you we're not drafting a quarterback, we're not signing a quarterback, it's Tua. You know, I'm probably not answering his phone for a second interview. My point is, is Tua that I, I'm fine with rolling with Tua. I think he's shown improvement. I don't think he's I think he has a chance to get better. What you you're just you're done with him? No, 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 no. I would want the chance. I, I want to bring in some competition. Uh, uh, Josh, Josh Leggett, our, our resident Dolphins fan, says uh, that Ross will said that the in his press conference, the new head coach will have a say on the QB. That's what I'm That's right, Josh. Three shout outs in one podcast. By the way, I stumbled into uh, some of this tweet. You know, you guys know who Josh Gad is, right? Obviously. Yeah. The actor from, from um, the snow movie. Yeah. In the history of the Miami Dolphins, there have been some historically dumb and bad moves. The firing of Brian Flores is perhaps the single worst decision this organization has ever made. This is not only a desperate move, it's a pathetic one. Shame on everyone involved. He continues, Miami and Miami fans and the Miami Dolphins organization have the exact goal to get out of this playoff drought that we've all lived through for two decades, but it finally felt like we were on the verge of something. There's no consistency. A carousel of coaches and QBs is tiring. That's a long know, tweet. I didn't know it was two tweets. I didn't know Josh Gad was a uh, super fan. Kind of cool. By the um, way, I, I just want to note this quickly. According to our buddies at Football Outsiders, Tua, in terms of the advanced metrics, in terms of value per play, ranks ahead of Matt Ryan this year, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Taylor Heineke, Baker, Big Ben, Davis Mills, so and uh, Ryan Tannehill. And you won't believe this, Andy Dalton. There you so go. he hasn't been terrible. He's been replacement level. And if you think he can get better, I, I, I get it. If you think he can't get better, what's plan B, which is what I always say. There's a, there's a well-thought-of prospect at quarterback that the organization invested a lot uh, in and is willing to help you try to grow his potential. That's a, that's a, that's a plus unless you just scouted to a, unless you, you know, scouted to it and didn't like him. If that's the case, then you don't take this job because that's what Brian Flores fired. All right. Well, let's see out of us who loves two and who doesn't. Cause if you don't, you're going to have two at the bottom of our ranking, the vacancies list. Uh, I know you're trying to get out of here, but one more Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota what? Minnesota only has Kirk. The roster is kind of going downhill. We think there'll be patience. You got to live in Minnesota. You play indoors, which is kind of nice. I love that stadium. Um, Kirk Cousins, one year left on his deal. So you have the chance to maybe win early next year. But then what's your plan at quarterback? Uh, Justin Jefferson, stud. Dalvin Cook, stud. Some defensive players who are studs. If you hate Kirby Cousins and, you, and you're worried that you won't have a quarterback after that, cause for concern also Aaron Rodgers so yeah let's uh who do you might who not be there in two years all right breach well you're 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 sick of me talking so why don't you give us your <laughs> list the whole list or just one you can go I mean it, it's gonna take you 10 seconds to get the whole list we did the pros and cons of the or you only have your you only have your fifth team ranked is that what happened no, I have my list I have my list I just don't love my list okay. okay well um put it out there let's see what happens I have the Vikings at number one. At number what? Number one. As the most attractive destination? As, as, as the job, I think, has the best chance for No, it's, it's rank the vacancies, which is the, you, you think the Minnesota Vikings, is the, the Minnesota is the best vacancy. I think if I was a coach looking for State a job. State your case, Breach. What? State your case for Minnesota. Well, I, this team went eight and nine. They have a lot of talent that we just talked about. 
Uh, once you get the quarterback situation figured out, again, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a division forever. And once he's gone, that division is wide open. And I want to be in a wide open, open division. And the Wilfs have shown patience. We just saw Mike Zimmer coach there uh, for from 2014 till 2021. I don't want to be in a place where the, the ownership's going to pull the trigger after two years uh, when I'm trying to build a team. So I think I'm putting the Vikings at one. Okay. Keep going. You got four more. Broncos at two. Jacksonville at three. Dolphins at four. Bears at five. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, we spent a lot of talk, time talking about the ownership, and that's a huge concern. So I, I think I'm going to actually put Denver first because I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed that Peyton Manning's going to have something to do with it. And also, what are the chances, and maybe the chances are high, that you get an owner worse than Stephen Ross or Shad Khan in terms of their inability to, to hire good people below them that can be on the same page consistently? So I'll go Denver one. I'll go Jacksonville two because of the salary cap space and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go Miami. And then I'll go uh, the Vikings and then the Bears for the reasons we talked about. Ooh, Wilson, you Vikings at four? I just, Kirk Cousins, I don't get behind. Aaron Rodgers. Wait, but he's only got one year left on his contracts. So you're only stuck with what? them. You might get something worse. And not only that, I, you, you think Aaron Rodgers is done. I, I Last year, last summer, I said, oh, Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. He might come back. He's got no, pretty I, good I there. said, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I said he's got two more years at most. I think he, I think the over-under is two and a half. Not and I'm still going under. Okay. Um, I will go... I have some caveats attached to, to my list. Oh, gosh. I will go Jaguars number one. Oh, I thought about putting Jacksonville. Balky sold me the away. caveat is I, you got to be able to get Balky out. No, they're, yeah, no. Because no, if he's I, out, then I, I've got him at number one. You he, can't have a caveat like that. No, no, no. He It, it is, I think, the the a coach with enough cachet to come in and say, look, I will take this job. I will win. I will make Trevor Lawrence great, but I will not work with Trent Balky. If you have to work with Balky, it drops down the list for me. But you just made the argument that, uh, in Chris Greer's case, that he's always in the owner's ear. So Shad Khan might be like, well, Trent said this, so see you later. Thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if I'm the coach, I and, and if I'm I'm the, like, who would be the most, uh, this class is maybe a better, let's say Andy Reid, right, in 2013. Andy Reid was a free agent. Everybody's trying to hire Andy Reid. Like, the you know, the Cardinals are trying to get him. The, the Scott Pioli resigned from the chiefs because he knew that Andy Reid wanted to bring John Dorsey friend of the pot, friend of the pot, uh, Scott Pioli walked away from the chiefs because he knew that Andy Reid was going to bring his own guy and the chiefs needed to move quickly because the Cardinals were trying to pursue Reid. So mm-hmm. I think in this case, you read, you have the cachet. You're not some, you know, you're not some unknown coordinator position coach. Who's like, so like you go in there, you say, listen, I- I'll take the job, but you know, I, I want my own guy. Well, who's that coach in this draft cycle? And this I don't think there is one of this. But I mean, Urban kind of pulled the same thing, right? He's like, I, I get, I get full run of it. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all right. Anyway, Jaguars won for me, and it's because Trevor Lawrence is there. Like, mm-hmm. I just think if you have Trevor Lawrence, you can win. If you're not an idiot, as Daryl Bevel showed. Okay. At number two, and I have two and three very close together. Vikings. I have the Vikings at two. Ooh. I just don't. I just don't see it. But okay. I think they're stable. I think they're patient. And Mike Zimmer coached for eight years. How many of those times do you look happy? He never looks happy. Yeah. Oh, I saw him crack a smile once. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a dinner with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, Debo, do you have any news that we need to share on the full podcast? Is Debo engaged? No. 
Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> um, you know, Instagram kind of promotes recent activity, and, and I may have seen someone on this podcast follow Mike Zimmer's girlfriend <laughs> on Instagram recently. No, you! Oh, not me, no. 100% not. Uh, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. Are we sure? Yeah, you just lied about Spanky Wankman, so I don't. Yeah, I, I, let me. He could have liked. It shows if he liked it too. Yeah, I don't think I liked it. Yeah, I don't do much on Instagram. Someone on this podcast, I'll say it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't think it was. Maybe it was me. I don't know. I'm not yeah, name names, Debo. I'll look right now. He said it was you on the earlier podcast. Anyway, well, Debo that's... apparently just lied about Spanky Wankman. Uh, all right. So anyway, I've got Vikings at uh, two. I do think you can win early. And then figure it out with Kirk Cousins in the quarterback position. That it's concerning, of course, but I think you have a better chance at making the playoffs with the Vikings in 2022 than you do with the Broncos as things currently stand uh, right now. Broncos, I do have at number three, though. Good roster, uh, no quarterback ownership change coming. If it's Peyton Manning, would probably slide him above uh, the Vikings. And then I think the Bears and Dolphins are basically tied for me, and it probably comes down to. You know, in this scenario, the, with the Bears, I mean, the McCaskey press conference, I'm like, I was going to have a little bit higher because of, uh, because of Fields, and I just the McCaskey press conference just sent me flying down the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think with the Bears, while they don't seem to be patient at all, you do get to bring in if you if you have the cachet as a coach, you can bring in a GM that you know that you can work with in a you know, Pete Carroll, John Schneider type of situation, Andy Reid, John Dorsey type of situation. That is a big, bigger difference than already established Chris Greer, who has the ear of ownership. So I would go bear slightly above Dolphins. Um, plus Aaron Rodgers, pain in the ass for sure in the division. The Dolphins have Josh Allen in the division locked in for the next 10 years. And Belichick just got Mac Jones, who we think looks pretty good, is going to keep his run going. Four and two against Belichick wasn't good enough. And you better like Tua. Yeah, you just mentioned that Brian Flores is great against Belichick. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, like, I mean, is the next coach going to, is the, Miami's next coach going to win is 19 games in two years and go four and two against Belichick in three years? Probably uh, not. No. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's going to be a, wow, did we, uh, we, we might have, we might have realized what we had. Um, but yeah, it, look, if the Bears ownership is a concern, Otherwise, I, I think I might like them a little bit more. I think these jobs are all pretty even. By the like, way, I would like to call out Debo for false reporting on who, who I'm following, being my uh, what's her name, uh, Zimmer's girlfriend. Debo, where are you getting this information? Twice now, you you've told untruths on this podcast. This is a um, <laughs> an interesting look for me, who's who's typically regarded as one of. <laughs> One of the one of the top liars in the office. I would I would argue one of the top liars out there. Um, You're a top liar. I, well, I would classify well, myself now you've in that category. In the liar rankings. Wait, you're admitting to making stuff up? Is that what I'm hearing? I didn't have you paid for a top liar. I saw I some stuff on Instagram. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying some things on Instagram. The the Sean thing was maybe a little misleading, but that's just you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I I'm looking forward to finding out. The Instagram stories. That's something we'll have to check back in on. Um, all right. Anything else for the rankings? No. We'll have to come back and remake our rankings after uh, more coaches are fired this week, right? I don't mm. think we get another one. 
You don't think we get more? I mean, uh, Matt rules. Well, Joe Judge might get fired, but not. I don't think Joe Judge gets fired until the new GM comes around. So, oh, whoa, whoa, David Cully. Yeah, David Cully. Fired. Fired. You don't think so? Yeah, I hope not. Well, yeah, I, I mean, hope hope ain't a plan, as they say. All right, that's it for the Black Monday recap pod. Uh, Coach Coach Vacancy Ranking Show for Wilson and Breach. I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash that like button. Oh, Bama or Georgia? I like Bama. Bama, Bama baby. Give me saving. I'm a little nervous about Bama's that. losing because we just went unanimous. The various people that are on Bama, including like these three donkeys. It's like all the sharp <laughs> people are on Georgia. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.